Back for another night. Here we go. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. Dave Vaughn from the firm doing his usual Monday night slot here with all of the knowledge you need to call in. You got answers about employment, severance, anything under that banner. We would love to talk to you. And I know you'd like to talk to us again. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on sale. A lot of stuff to get through tonight. This, Dave's a very important show. Clarifying misconceptions with respect to severance. There is a literal bucket load of misconceptions people have out there. We'll get to those in between the calls, but first we always start with a, a little segment we call The Week That Was. How was it, pal? Great, great week. Uh, one, uh, The first one I want to talk about is a very common situation we see. Uh, I had a case where uh, the uh, client had five years of service, 47 years old in an account manager role, um, and he was offered what looked like six months' pay at the time of termination. Mm-hmm. The problem is his base salary was 70% of his compensation. The rest was uh, commissions and bonuses. And all they had offered was the base pay. And when he asked about this, the the employer took the position and and told him, like, you know, our policy, our company policy is we only do base Mm -hmm. salary. So, you know, you're not going to get your commissions or bonuses. And you know what? At the end of the day, six months is a reasonable severance package for this gentleman, just it needs to be based on his full right. compensation. Uh, if some, if you're earning uh, 30% of your uh, pay through commissions and bonuses, it's not legal for the employer to only pay you your base salary. So that's not a real six-month pay. So we uh, negotiated on this uh, gentleman's behalf and were able to um, deal with the uh, company's lawyer and you know we didn't even really ask for much more than the six months in terms of the overall severance package. We just wanted that to be a true six months worth of pay. So the the benefits, the commissions and bonuses, and the base salary. And we were able to negotiate that and get that resolved very quickly. You know the the sales uh, the sales thing is kind of unique in the fact that I guess anything else under that uh, that banner would have included. For instance, if he had a six or seven or eight hundred dollar a month car allowance, would that not be factored in as well for the six months? Yeah, absolutely. And in this case, oh. the uh, he didn't have a car allowance, but I, I see that all the time, right. where uh, a car allowance is yeah a lot of the times it can be you know a thousand dollars a month or, or something uh, you know to that extent. And when the company lets the person go, they'll just say oh it's just the base pay. We don't pay car allowance. Uh, that's not part of your uh, part of your compensation package, and that's obviously not true. So, the big lesson here is uh, number one: when you're let go, make sure that all forms of compensation right. are included in the severance package, because it's very common for employers to try to dress up their severance package by saying it's you know six months or a, a big number, but it's only based on the base pay, and that's not a true six months. Um, and uh, so, you know, car allowance, pension plan contributions benefits. Uh, The other one, important one for bonuses and commissions, are accrued payments. So if you've worked from January, you know, from January 1st, 2017, and, you know, you earn your bonuses on an annual basis, and they let you go now, well, you've accrued, you know, 10, 9, 10 months worth of bonus, and you should get that plus the amounts during whatever the notice period is that, that you've agreed on. And that's a common one as well. They'll let you go right before the uh, the bonuses accrued or paid out, right? And they say, well, we have a company policy, or if you you know if you look on the website, it actually says you have to be employed uh, to uh, to get the bonus. So we're going to take away this 
know, big chunk chunk of compensation you earn throughout the entire year, and uh, that's not legal unless the company has very clear language that you've agreed to and signed off on to say, yeah, I get it that you know that I don't get the bonus or commissions unless I'm actively employed, and you know that if they give me notice that that's not going to that doesn't count, or sorry, uh, no, you know, termination pay, six months termination pay, let's say that doesn't count as being actively employed. So what if you're a sales guy in this scenario and you just wrapped up, say, two weeks ago, a big, big sale? The commission on this one's like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a big it's a big chunk of change for you. Right. Your, your work is all done on this sale, but the sale might not close. The deal might not close for five months from now, but you just got let go today. Are you entitled to your part of that commission? Yeah, that's always a tricky one. Right. Uh, the general rule is, is going to be yes. If you've done your work right. and there's nothing else you would have to do other than just waiting for that to close – then you will get your commission based on uh, from that sale. If the company could show that you know that the sale fell through, uh, they may be able to uh, not pay that. But then you're going to be able, you should get your average commissions anyways mm-hmm. during the notice period. So it should right. make up for that in any event. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. We'll uh, get in a quick call here before we break. Sean, good evening. How are you? Uh, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. What's um, going on with you? So it's a bit of a friend. Um, she used to work at this company. She started in 2010. Uh, another company bought out the company that she was working for in 2014. And they had her sign a contract saying that, you know, she agrees with the new health and safety rules with this new company. Um, the company that bought her out also has an office in Kitchener. And what they did was they moved all the business to Kitchener and uh Two weeks ago, they just walked in the office and said that uh, they had to let her go, that they're shutting the Toronto office. And uh, the, the, they just said that they would give her five weeks pay unless she found another job. Mm-hmm. Five weeks is all they're time. offering? Yeah. Wow. And so she was there, you said 2010? Yeah, in 2010. Okay. So first of all, uh, the the um, she should get full credit for her service with both companies. Unless okay. the contract says that she doesn't get that severance or that, that credit and they paid her out the severance pay for that. So I don't know if that happened and you may not know either. No, like what she just said was they offered her five weeks pay. They asked her to sign the, the paper and she said no. Yeah. And they just asked her basically just to pack up her stuff and leave. And how old is she and what's her position? I believe she was, uh, she's in her mid-50s. She wouldn't tell me, but mm. um, she was an office manager. Okay. So if she has, what, seven, six, seven years of service, mid-50s, yep. office manager, she would likely be getting around eight, eight months severance pay. So five oh, wow. weeks okay, is a fraction of what she should get. So uh, okay. she should definitely, she made the smart decision not to sign that. Um, what okay. you should tell her to do is give us a call because we can, we can assist her negotiate a fair severance package because that's, that's terrible. Whether she was there from 2014 or 2010 even, um, it doesn't matter. Either way, it's really bad. It's a very low severance package. Sean, appreciate your call. Further, uh, get a hold of Lior or David, the firm, one 821 5900 We'll take our first break for the night. More of your phone calls. You know that number as well, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, and email Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. It's the Employment Hour right here, Monday Night Edition, Talk Radio, AM 640. 
416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You have employment concerns. You just got let go. You want to know something about your workplace, a severance offer. You know, your, your Uncle Bob told you something you're not sure is true about losing your job. Call us. Dave is here. He'll take your calls right till 8 o'clock tonight and clear everything up for you indeed. Valuable information on this show. Damien, how are you, pal? Good. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's your concern? It's not really a concern. It's more of a question. Um, mm-hmm. I, like I currently have a job, so it's not it's nothing about a severance or anything. But if I was looking for another job and my employer found out about that before I uh, before I resigned or, or quit, um, what protection do I have against right. being fired or you know whatever? Question. It's actually one that. Uh... I've uh, come across quite a bit, and it's, in, it's it's quite interesting, actually. So you don't really have any protection in the sense that an employer can fire you, terminate your employment, for whatever reason they want, assuming it doesn't violate the Human Rights Code. Uh, so they, if they find out you're, uh, you're looking for work, they can let you go, but it's not cause for termination. So your employer would still have to provide you with a severance package. Okay. So you actually have no, technically, you have no protection in the sense that you can't prevent them from firing you. Right. I, I've seen this happen a couple times uh, where the employer finds out that the, uh, the employee is looking for work. Maybe they find out through a, you know, through the, you know, a potential prospective employer or you know, maybe a colleague tells them. Yep. And uh, they find out. They don't like it. They want to have someone that you know, wants to be there for the long haul. And they let the person go. And the person says, you know, that's not fair. I was, I was just looking around. And, and that's true. But uh, the only remedy is a fair severance package. Um, from a practical perspective, obviously, I'm sure it'd, it'd be better for you to uh, to not uh, have your employer find out, so you can uh, you know continue to look and uh, and earn your income uh, while you do that. Of course. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate that. Yeah, I guess that's that's one thing to clarify. There, it's your full entitlements in that case because it's a wrongful dismissal. It's not cause. So it's your full entitlements if they choose to, as you said, they can let you go as long as they pay what they have to pay. Right. Yeah, and that's your protection is uh, right. a fair severance package. Yeah, we often joke about that, you and I, Lior, that you walk into one day with a brand new red car. Your employer says, I don't like red cars. I like blue cars. You're fired. As asinine as that sounds, they can do it as long as they give you full entitlements of your severance, correct? That's correct. You got it. 870-6400-640 on cell is the number. Tracy, good evening. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. What's going on with you? Well, I'm on a two-year contract, and my contract um, expires on November 2nd. And I haven't done a contract before, so I'm just wondering, is there a period of time where if they're looking to extend my contract or um, renew my contract, should that have happened already? And if they don't, then do I, I just end my contract and carry on? I don't get any severance or anything? So there's no reason for them to have to renew the contract. I mean, they can do it right up until the you know the last day of it, or they could you know they could be take a couple weeks off and offer you a new contract again. Um, if uh, the issue that they're going to have and uh, that you're going to want to be uh, you know look out for is if they try to get you to sign another contract, and let's say it's for another two years, and then at the end of that two years they they give you another contract, and then eventually they say you know what we're not going to renew the contract. Well, that's the, the courts protect against that because they're essentially trying to get out of paying severance pay by just having you on these contracts. But if, okay. if, you, if you signed one two-year contract, they likely wouldn't owe you severance pay uh, for that because you've agreed that that's the, the term of the contract. Okay, and what if they're, 
at, at this point, there's almost an assumption, like they're, they're, they're planning and they've included me for work after my contract is up. Okay, so they intend, so, you think they intend on ex- extending your employment? Well, that kind of flip-flops back and forth. Sometimes mm. I, I think that's the intention and other times not. Right. You should definitely ask for clarity and you have every right to do yeah. that. Uh, you you can say you know my uh, contract is supposed to end November second. You've made uh, you've made references to me you know doing work past that. Are you planning on continuing the employment relationship? And if they are willing to do that, if they are if that is their plan, then you should become uh, a uh, indefinite term employee. So you shouldn't be on the, the like a contract, a temporary contract anymore. You should just become a uh, an indefinite full time uh, permanent employee. And you okay, talk one, about one that. last quick question. Yeah, of course. Is if, if they've changed the terms of my employment, but we didn't amend the contract, hmm. what happens there? Like I took on more responsibility and another, uh, they seconded me to another project, uh, short term. Does that have any play? It doesn't, other than you'd want your duties and responsibilities to be, you know, clearly articulated in the, any t- the new contract, the new document that governs your employment relationship moving forward, but it doesn't really change anything in terms of, you know, if they just let the contract expire, that, that's essentially it. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Yeah, Thank you, Tracy, and we'll, uh, we'll take a short break. Your call's got lots of room, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale to get a hold of us. And if you haven't checked it out yet, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out what your severance should be. Dave, you've made reference to this a couple times already in the show. Give me some details about the calculator. We love this tool, man. It's great. Yeah, it's a great uh, great tool for uh, people who have been let go or people who, if you're worried about uh, getting, getting let go or your uh, f- uh, friends or family are, you go on, it's an app. You sign in and you you sign on to it. You just type in your age, years of service, position, uh, and it'll it'll tell you your uh, severance entitlement. So it's great. And people wonder because they get offers or they talk to a neighbor says, no, man, for sure, it's a week per year, it's two weeks per year, that's all you get. And then you, you, you go through the metric of the severance pay calculator and says, wow, I get eight months severance. Why the discrepancy? Why do people ha- can't figure that out? Why is that big gap? Yeah, that's a really good question, and uh, sometimes the Ministry of Labor will tell them, or they'll be on a <laughs> website that says a week per year, you know, two weeks per year of service, and uh, they get uh, surprised or confused because of the severance pay calculator. And uh, I had a, a call, a call uh, that went that way uh, today, actually, that the uh, my uh, client was uh, surprised at when I was told, telling him the uh, the amount of severance he was owed. And uh, that's because the Employment Standards Act has minimum standards that you're entitled to, termination pay, which is basically one week per year of service up to eight weeks, and then uh, severance pay, which is another week per year of service after you have five years of service and your employer has to have uh, a payroll of $2.5 million or more annually. Now, those are minimum standards. So that's where the confusion comes out. But right. all employees uh, who are governed by, uh, who work in Ontario, are entitled to common law severance pay that's based on a number of factors, including most prominently age, years of service, position. So the older you are, the more senior or specialized the role, and the uh, longer you've been there, the more severance pay you get. And uh, what those factors are supposed to predict really is how long it should take you to find a new job, because that's really the purpose of severance pay, is to bridge the gap of unemployment. 
We're going to get into our topics here as we wait to get more phone calls. Our lines are open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number. Clarify misconceptions with respect to severance. Well, you, you touched on it there in your last description of the calculator, and one of the misconceptions being that you have to work at least five years to get severance. Yeah, and that was the call I had today where uh, yeah. I was explaining to the person that uh, the severance pay, they had four and a half years of service, and I was uh, I told them that their severance pay entitlement uh, at common law was six months, and uh, this person was surprised and, and thought I was wrong um, because uh, they looked up, uh, I think, on the uh, ministry's website, and they said, oh, I, I don't have, I'm under five years of service, so I don't get severance. So what they're offering me, the uh, the four weeks, is is, is right, and uh, that's obviously not correct. Uh, under the common law, you're entitled to severance pay regardless of your length of service. Uh, your, your severance entitlement will increase the more service you have, but uh, but you're still entitled to severance pay. Did you determine how much severance he was under the common law? He was uh, owed. Yeah, so he was in his 40s um, or late 30s, early 40s. Um, you know, managerial position, four years of service, and uh, the uh, you know our my uh, estimate was uh, six months. Could you imagine if he hadn't made that phone call? That is the whole point of the calculator: six months pay out the window because he didn't know any better until yeah. he called you. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, we'll get to your phone calls. We'll take a very quick break here. Ali, I see you there. Just hang on. And for the rest, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up. Talk radio, AM 640. Yeah, you got lots of time. It's just past 730 to call through. Talk to Dave Vaughn here from the firm and get your questions answered indeed. Ali, thanks for uh, hanging on there, fellow. What's going on with you tonight? Okay. I have a friend of mine uh, that was employed with this company for uh, 24 years, a part-time uh, supervisor. Uh, he had a confrontation last week with uh, a new manager and I was on vacation, but I come back to today and I heard he resigned. And I don't know why. I didn't speak to him yet, but I was wondering and one, can he take that resignation back? Two, if he quit as a constructive dismissal, how many uh, much of Savannah Spay he will have been entitled to? Mm-hmm. This is a very, uh, very interesting uh, scenario, and it brings up a couple issues, at least. So um, the first issue is a resignation needs to be clear and unequivocal. So it can't, and it can't be made in the heat of the moment. So if it's something that happened because he was under stress or, you know, arguing, and, and if he didn't he has mean it. a medical condition, too, and uh, that has been documented for a while. Okay. So uh, if he if he made it in the heat of the moment, uh, he has time to take it back. Now, the, the more time that uh, you know, goes by, um, he you know that gets a little more dangerous in terms of uh, you know the courts may not allow him to take it back. But given he's been there for twenty four years, um, you know he has quite a bit of he has a bit of leeway there. When did this happen? Uh, last week, I was on vacation. I heard mm-hmm. they had the confrontation Monday and. Okay. And I just ran the vacation after that, and he just handed the resignation to uh, the supervisor. Okay, so uh, one one option here is he, he basically takes back the resignation, rescinds it, and sees if he can go back to work. That's one possibility. Now, the second is, uh, as you've uh, you've said, it could be a constructive dismissal. So if he was pressured to resign or if he was resigning because of uh, issues he's having in the workplace— and um, you know he basically was doing this not because he wanted to, not because it was voluntary, because but because he felt he had no choice. Then that, like you say, could be a con- you know construed as a constructive dismissal, and uh, in that case he could get severance pay. 
Uh, now it's important though to um, whether you know it's the you know basically option one or option two, they have to be handled correctly. So I would want him to uh, to give me a call uh, tomorrow so we can help him with that and deal with that ASAP. Now your last question or part of the question was about severance pay, right? In yes. terms of how much. So he's he's been there for twenty four years. Yeah, yeah, twenty four years. And how old? Uh, Fifty five years old. Okay, and he's a supervisor. He's a part-time supervisor, but we work full-time hours. Uh, we we got salaries uh, around thirty-two hundred dollar a month. Yeah. Okay. So, I would say at common law, he would get anywhere between eighteen months and uh, twenty-four months. So, there's significant uh, you know, common law know. termination entitlements. So, but it's important. I mean, right now, uh, the employer's position is going to be: well, he quit. He yep. just left, right? He he told us he quit. We didn't fire him. So in, and if they're right on that, then he gets zero. So there's a there's a big you know there's a big amount of uh, you know severance pay at stake here. So it's important that his next move happens quickly and it's the right move. And that would be either clarifying that he he didn't intend to resign, that he wants his job, and that he's going to come back to work as soon as possible. Or if that isn't possible, he doesn't feel like he can continue to work here or, or at that company. That he, the reason he did the, uh, you know, provided the resignation was because it was a, a constructive dismissal. Okay, thank you. I will talk to him and give him your number and see where, what he says. I, I honestly, I can't thank you, emphasize though how important yeah. it is to deal with it like tomorrow. Um, yeah, Ali, the, get your get your friend there to get on this. I mean, that's you do not want to walk away from twenty four years, you know, of entitlements as far as severance is concerned. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Ali is that number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred or Lior L I O R at employmenthour dot com. That you don't want to wait on, Dave. That that's twenty four years of of hard work for a fifty five year old guy. You do not want to walk away from that severance if it ends up being constructive dismissal, right? Or uh, you know if it. If it was a resignation, he just did it in the heat of the moment. He was under pressure, under stress. Uh, Lee alluded to some type of medical issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could uh, rescind that. Now, he's losing, you know, each day that goes by, he loses the right. opportunity to do that a bit more. Uh, it gets a little more difficult to do. But given uh, it's usually measured in the amount of time you've been there. So if you've been there for you know, 24 years, over two decades, you're going to have a little bit more time to rescind that, ter- that uh, resignation right. than if you've just been there for, uh, you know, six months. 416-870-6400 star 640 on sale. It's a number we're talking about clarifying misconceptions with respect to severance and one another one you mentioned during the, the last segment was the company has to have a payroll of two and a half million dollars. That number somehow pops up for you to get severance. Yeah and that's uh, that's because the Employment Standards Act uh, says that about statutory severance pay but again that does not impact common law severance pay. So you're entitled to the same amount of severance pay under the common law regardless of the size of your employer whether they have three employees or a thousand employees. Uh, another issue that this uh, you know, alludes to is, well, when people say, "Well, my company's not doing well," or <laughs> they're struggling a bit economically, so that's why I was let go. So maybe I'm not as entitled to as much severance pay. That's not true. The company's economic circumstances do not impact the severance pay. They do not reduce the amount of severance pay that you're owed. Yeah, because the opposite would be true. They're doing really well. Well, I guess I get even more severance. No, that's there's a right. number. <laughs> there's a number for this. Yeah, right? and it's just simply not one of the factors that uh, that's considered. 
We'll uh, we'll take a short break. I'll see some uh, calls coming through here. We'll get to those 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. you still got some time to call through. Talk to Dave. Get your questions answered. We'd love to talk to you here tonight as we continue the Monday night edition of the Employment Hour. Talk Radio AM 640. We have open lines and the email anytime, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Thanks for waiting through the break. Ryan, good evening. Hey. Hey. Good, Ryan. What's going on with you? Um, so I, there's a, a person that uh, worked for me around eight months ago, and uh, and uh, through a consulting company, and I wanted to bring her on full time actually, but in her employment agreement is a clause that she can't work for a client that she's been placed at for two years, and so I was just curious about that that clause in her agreement, whether that sort of thing's enforceable if she were to resign and change, if she would have issues with that. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a uh, it's a great question and uh, uh, also a bit of a tricky one in the sense that uh, it really depends on the nature of the clause. So did this clause say that she couldn't work for any client or customer or did it say she could not, uh, like was it a non-solicit or was it just like a non-compete? Like a, no, that, that's where I was confused as well and I was doing some research on the internet and that's what I sort of wanted your opinion. So my understanding is that it said that she cannot work for a client for two years that like a client that that company placed her in. Okay. So that would, in all likelihood, that type of clause is, is more enforceable than, you know, you just can't work for any competitor. You can't work in the industry because it's actually people that they've had, they have relationships with. So right. it's, it's a bit more likely to be enforceable. The two years is a bit uh, extensive. So it's a bit, it's a bit too, probably too long. Um, I generally don't like making these types of clauses more than a year um, or even six months because you really are preventing someone from being able to work. Now, the issue, though, that, you, that you're faced with as an employer uh, thinking about hiring her is if you do hire her, you could be, and, and they don't like it and they want to make an issue of it, you could be brought into the litigation. Okay, so you have to be careful because even though you know she may actually end up winning on the term on the you know non compete clause and non solicit clause in the sense that a court may say no that's unenforceable it's too broad it's too long of a time period uh, or or whatever um, the case may be it can still you know cost you a lot of money and effort and time in terms of dealing with it because you could be brought into it. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what I want to hear. Basically, it's just it's not really worth it then at this point. I mean, the, the what I always recommend in these types of cases is actually, and I don't know if it's possible in this circumstance, but is actually talking to this this company and yeah, saying, yeah. this is our intention. I, I want to hire this person. And, um, you know, is that going to be an issue? Because they're going to find out about it, right? So there's no point hiding it. Uh, there's no point... Um, you know, knowingly um, breaking the cl- you know, breaching the clause. But a lot of the time, you know, they're just concerned about uh, their own, you know, confidential information and whatnot. So if you can, you know, if she can sign something saying that, you know, she'll protect that or she won't disclose that, a lot of the time they'll they'll be okay with that. Yeah, we we did reach out uh, a while back to them, and they did not want to release her at that point. So that's why I figured, like, if they had a leg to stand on, that it would be a problem. So is she still working for this company? Okay, with another client or with you? Not with me. Uh, so, you know, I I moved off her just to give some space to see if it was possible down the road to bring her on as full time. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, no, she's not with us anymore. Um, she's placed with other clients, but um, 
yeah, we, we approached and see if there's some way we can move over, even kind of like a, you know, a finder fee type compensation. We couldn't work anything out. Okay. And then they've said that they have no, there's no option there. Yeah. That's, that's what I understood from the last conversation we had. Okay. That's unfortunate. Uh, I do think, I mean, it sounds like that, you know, it's tough because uh, I'd have to see the full clause and really, uh, know understand the entire uh, the business and the entire relationship there but it seems like they are preventing her you know from working uh, in a lot of ways and they're almost keeping her under their control uh so i think a court would want to do anything they could in that circumstance to allow her to uh to go to this company uh and and leave them but that doesn't mean it won't be a problem for uh for uh who we just spoke with. Ryan, just in case, moving Ryan. forward, if you want to uh, call Dave or have, uh, have a look at the contract, one 821 5900 with any more questions or concerns. You know, you brought up an interesting point there because I always thought, well, not necessarily, but a non-solicit in that case would be if she went out and tried to get business or tried to get hired, but if they come to her almost like an inducement, you said it could still stick. That could yeah, still be a problem. It can because she's essentially using their, uh, you know, the job with them uh, and their contacts right. to, to get it to get another job. Uh, but, you know, the more I hear, you know, the more information we got, the more I'm leaning towards that that's probably not enforceable. The court's not going to prevent her from going there. Uh, but again, that doesn't mean there's not going to be problems and there's not going to be potential litigation. And uh, that's always something you want to avoid if you can. Let's take uh, one final break at uh, some time to get some calls in here and back to our topic of the day, and that is misconceptions when it comes to severance and your employment. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. The employment hour continues right here. Talk radio, AM640. Yeah, you still got a few minutes to call through that number. Get uh, any questions you have answered uh, by Dave. He's here for the duration of the Monday night show, the employment hour. In the meantime, we're talking about the misconceptions with respect to severance, and the next one has got to be clearly the uh, heavyweight champion of questions you get for sure when it comes to this and that is uh, misconception when you are let go you get two weeks or two weeks for every year of service how many billion phone calls do you get like that a week yeah one week or, or two weeks a year yeah. of service and uh, as you know john it's incorrect uh, severance pay under the common law is not based there's no you know, secret formula it's not based just on your length of service uh, the, you have to look at all the, the relevant factors, the age, the position, uh, the you know, likelihood of uh, finding another job, um, what the job market's like for that, in that particular industry. And uh, there's a lot of factors that go into uh, determining an appropriate severance package, and there's definitely no rule of thumb in terms of two weeks or one week per year of service. Best way, just get on that severancepaycalculator.com and type it in there. You'll get a much more accurate uh, overview of what you're owed, right? Type that in. Uh, you'll see. You'll get an idea what your entitlements, but then give us a call because there could be um, circumstances, uh, you know, that, that are you know governing your situation that actually increase that even beyond what the severance right. pay calculator says. Um, if you have uh, medical issues you're dealing with or, or medical restrictions that limit your uh, the availability of similar work, if you're, uh, it's a very unique industry that you're in. That's uh, that we you know we can't necessarily capture in the severance pay calculator. That could increase the uh, the the amount of severance pay you're owed. I mean, if there's only uh, you know a couple jobs or a couple companies that do what you do, uh, that's going to increase the severance package you're entitled to. Or possibly you face some sort of discrimination that you don't know about. Maybe that's the reason why you're leaving. There could be human rights damages, all kinds of stuff. That yeah, you there could be additional too, right? damages. Yeah, yep. so uh, for human rights is probably the most common we see. And uh, you, you like to think people don't get uh, don't fire people or don't treat people. 
uh, you know, in a in a negative way um, because of uh, you know things like you know things that come up under the human rights sure. code, like gender or uh, or race or, or something like that. But it it does happen way more than you'd think, and it's unfortunate, but we see it all the time. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You're going to bring it in, bring it in now. We'd love to talk to you. We are talking about the misconceptions, clarifying them with respect to severance. And if you are, quote, unquote, using the quote signs here because it works so well on radio, uh, if you are fired as opposed to laid off, then you don't get severance. This is another one I dealt yep. with today. As the person, uh, you know, I, I use these terms, you know, terminated, laid off, uh, fired, um, uh, you know, simultaneously. I, I don't yeah. I don't distinguish between them. Uh, what all it means is the employer has initiated uh, the, uh, the separation, the, the end of the employment relationship, uh, and whether it's with cause or without cause is is what you need to distinguish. So if the employer is going to say it's with cause, they're not going to provide you with a severance package, or they're going to you know try to give you a very low severance package and try to have you sign a release for that. If it's without cause, they have to offer you a severance package. So that's the distinction. And the distinction is there's no such thing as being laid off. It's a termination. So that's the other issue that comes up right. is I've, I speak with people and they say, I wasn't let go. I was put on a temporary layoff. Right. They're going to call me back. And that is a termination under the common law, and you're entitled to severance pay uh, the moment they lay you off unless uh, they have it in their contract of employment that you agreed to and signed. Uh, that they're allowed to lay you off for uh, within you know according to the Employment Standards Act. Yep. Or if they've done it in the past, so yeah. if it's just uh, part of your uh, part of the your, your job is that you do get uh, you are subject to layoffs, then there's a term that you're allowed. So uh, those are the only circumstances where a layoff's allowed. Otherwise, uh, a layoff is a termination. Don't wait. Uh, you pursue the severance package because you've been laid off. You you have no work. You have no income coming in. You should get that severance pay. That's a, you know, it's a very important point you made there when it comes to being quote unquote laid off. You know, if they've done it before once or twice, now it becomes an implied term of employment. Now they continue to do it again and again. And there's now now you can't claim that's any true. Sort of severance, right? So if it happens, you know, for the first time, it's very important not to just sit back yeah. and accept it. And uh, you, you know, you don't have to. You, if you still want to work there, you can tell them that okay, I'll I'll, I'll take this, but I'm I'll, you know I understand you're laying me off, but I'm not going to accept this moving forward. This is not a term of my employment, and it's important to make that very clear to them so they can't, they don't have a, uh, they don't have a, the right to do that to you. If you need to get a hold of Lior or Dave at the firm, by the way, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number. As we uh, get down to the last few minutes here, talking about the misconceptions with respect to your severance, uh, another one you get all the time. I know you do. We've talked about this. Short service employees get very little or or, or much less severance in long service. Yeah, and that, that I think that uh, that idea comes from the misconception that it is a month per year of service or two yep. weeks or a week per year of service. So someone with two or three years thinks that you know at, at best they get three months, and that's definitely not correct, especially for uh, older employees and employees with uh, specialized or senior or well-paying positions. Uh, if you have two years of service. Uh, and uh, you know you have you're, you're in your uh, 50s or 60s, mm-hmm. or you have a more senior position or specialized position, you could easily get you know six months severance pay. 
And, and there's did, cases with 12 where, where people with, you know, a year and a half to two years get in their 50s, senior position, gets 12 months severance pay. Right, because you've often said quite often it's a disproportionate, disproportionately higher amount of severance because they've been at work so such a little time, they're not going to get work any faster than anybody else, right? That's right. They're thrown out there into the job market and they're, they're competing with everyone else. And uh, sometimes there's an idea out there that maybe it actually looks bad on the resume, right? Because, you know, right. What, what happened? You're only there for two years and, you know, you're in your, your 50s. Uh, what, what did you do? wrong so it actually may be more difficult to get a new job and we'll wrap this uh, with this one before we take it off for this uh, for this night if you try and get severance you're going to burn bridges with your former employer yeah that's a great one and yeah. it is it is common i do understand where that comes from yeah. uh, they made a business decision to, to lay you off or terminate your employment you need to make a business decision the right decision for your family to pursue a fair severance package and that's all it is Dave, excellent job, my friend. Until next time, that'll be Wednesday night at 7 o'clock here on the Employment Hour. 416, uh, pardon me, one 821 is the number you want. That'll get you a hold of Lior or Lior at employmenthour.com. If you haven't checked it out, severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour right here, Talk Radio, AM 640.